my friends, and welcome to another episode of Sanctuary, the podcast. Today is a very exciting episode because I have a very, very special guest, and I'm actually kind of nervous <laughs> to have her on here, which is so weird because, so she's my therapist. Her yeah. name is Rachel. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. It is an honor to be here. <laughs> I'm honored to have you here in my home. I'm always, I'm usually in your space. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a very safe space. And, and I try to make it homey, right? I try no, to make it. It definitely feels very homey. <laughs> it's actually funny because every time I go into your office, which I've told you this before, yeah. where I'm like, oh, okay, is today going to be a crying day? I know. <laughs> or is it going to be just like one of those super empowering, like, Yes, I can take on yeah. the world type. Yes, yes. I think it's usually both. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Therapy, I say this all the time, therapy is for everyone. Yes, not really. just if you, you know, have problems. It's just to, to find direction and support in whatever it is that you're yes. experiencing. Yes. <laughs> so tell us a little bit of backstory about you, yes. how you got into what it is that you do. What is it that you specialize in? Mm-hmm. So uh, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. That's the the foundation of, of uh, my training. And then I went on to specialize in sex therapy. So really my specialty is working around relationships and, you know, not only relationships with other people and your partners, but also your relationship with yourself. So it's all about my business. <laughs> my private practice is called Infinite Intimacy, right? And so I think a lot of people... Um, when they hear the word intimacy, they automatically think of sex, Mm -hmm. right? When really intimacy is way more than sex. So if we really think about the way that we are not only intimate with other people, but the way we're intimate with ourselves Mm -hmm. and the connection we have with ourselves and the relationship we have with ourselves, that is really my, my passion, helping people couples and women especially reconnect with themselves and redefine their stories you know because I think there's so many messages that tell us how we're supposed to be or what we're supposed to be or you know what we're supposed to do Mm -hmm. that we can get lost in that right and so if we're not connected to really who we are and what we want then we get lost in in the desires of others yeah yeah definitely (laughs) so let's talk about sex yes (laughs) first off (laughs) I think that's also why I'm nervous about this episode because yes. we're talking about sex. Yes. It's such a like <laughs> weird topic that I feel like not enough people talk about. Yes. And it's so like not normalized. Right. Right. Well, that's I think that's why it feels weird, right? Because it's something that we're technically not supposed to talk about. Yeah. Right? It's it's a part of ourselves that we're supposed to keep hidden, which is interesting because there's so many messages around, you know, sexuality. We see sex everywhere, right? Sex mm-hmm. sells. We see it in our movies and our TV shows and our music and magazines. It's like everywhere. But then God forbid we start talking about it and we Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we're shushed and, and silenced. Well, it's crazy because it's such a big layer to us as human beings, yes. I think, to get to know ourselves, to I don't know, live these more fulfilled lives. Yes. So like, it's crazy that we don't talk about it more. Like mm-hmm. it's seen as such a like lustful thing. It's seen yes. as such a like dirty, negative thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which even like our parents, like, yep. <laughs> I exactly. don't know what I'm going to say on this episode. So sorry, <laughs> mom and dad. <laughs> but I hope they're having a great sex life. Just so, <laughs> which is even <laughs> weird. Like even for us to think about like yeah. our parents, like, yeah. you know, like obviously we want everyone to have these beautiful sex right. lives, but right. like, to think about it is so weird. Yes, 
Yeah. So well, like we don't like to think about our parents having sex. We don't like to think about children being sexual beings. It's like this weird, um, you know, it's sex is only for certain people or certain types of people. Right. Yeah. And so and that is the farthest thing from the truth. You know, mm-hmm. because as you're saying, we're all sexual beings. I mean, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be here if we weren't sexual beings, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And so when we feel disconnected from that, then how can we have a wonderful and filling mm-hmm. sexual relationship or, or you know, not even a, maybe a sexual relationship with other people, but even our sexual relationship with ourselves, And yeah. that's something that's even more taboo, I think, yeah. to talk about. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think knowing yourself as like the sexual being is yeah. actually so powerful. It is. It because is absolutely. Yeah. Because powerful. I can say firsthand, just like tapping into like mm-hmm. my most feminine and yes. like deepest self. I don't know. It's just like, it's like all encompassing, if yes. that makes sense. Like, yes. Just all around, I feel more powerful and more feminine, like through my sexuality, through just overall like getting to know myself at a deeper intimate level absolutely that's why I kind of think intimacy and like vulnerability kind of go like hand in hand right yes they do yeah (laughs) yeah I learned something yes you did (laughs) vulnerability and authenticity right we have to be able to feel comfortable showing up as our true self yes and and that's and that's intimacy right Mm -hmm. and so the tapping into your feminine power is directly associated with our sexual and sensual self right yeah because I think you know you're saying tapping into your sexuality but for women it's also our sensuality Mm. it's this kind of feeling this embodiment of an ownership of who we are Mm. right yeah and so when we think about the feminine and this is you know a passionate conversation yeah (laughs) that I like (laughs) to have right because I think when we think about sex we think about only the act of sex right Sex is intercourse, is yeah. what the, the dominant message is, when the reality is sex is way more than intercourse, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we think about sex as an act, that's a very masculine way to think about it, right? If we think mm. about masculine and feminine energy, and that has nothing to do with gender, right? Mm-hmm. Because when we talk about masculine and feminine energy, we're talking about you know the way that we are approaching life or certain situations right Mm -hmm. and so the masculine energy is all about doing it's about taking action it's about Mm. you know like the strategy and the you know the the getting things done right whereas sensuality is about the being right Mm. it's about allowing ourselves to just kind of be in a moment and be present and um and really just harness and and embrace all of the things that are going on going on around us through our senses right and so if we can view sexuality in a very similar vein as sensuality right Mm -hmm. and think of it as not just a thing that we do but also a place where we can be Mm. right then I think it shifts I love the that. perspective completely yeah. and our experience of it. I was going to say, yeah, our entire experience, yeah. I feel like, would change from yes. viewing it or just being in, in the moment like exactly. that. Exactly. So how do we go from not being so much in our heads, yeah, you know, like... That's a question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do we make it so much more than, I don't know, like, how do we get into that present moment and just, mm-hmm. like, be these beings and mm-hmm. enjoy? Yes. Yes. And so it's so difficult, right? Because we have so many things 
that are vying for our attention all day, every day, right? And so that transition from, okay, you know, I have all these responsibilities, I have all these things on my to-do list, you know, I'm moving, moving, moving. It's like our world is encouraging us to go, 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 right? Mm -hmm. And so we have to be intentional with slowing ourselves down. Mm-hmm. And if we don't take that time, then we're not going to be able to find this this space, mm-hmm. right? And this sensuality and sexuality within ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And so that transition is really, really important. One, it's being mindful of the thoughts that we are having, right? Mm-hmm. Because some of the thoughts might um, pull us out of our out of the moment in a way that's not helpful for our sexual self in general, right? Mm-hmm. So we can have thoughts about, okay, you know, what are we going to cook for dinner? Or are the kids <laughs> going to come in the room, right? But then what if the thoughts are like, uh, you know, I don't like this this part of my body. And, you know, do I look okay in this position? And are they uh, enjoying it? Yes, like, are they enjoying are it? Are they right? thinking the same thing I'm thinking? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Am I doing this right? Yeah. You know? And it's so, it's so tough when we are critical of ourselves. Yeah. Right. And so that self-criticism is really a whole other layer when it comes to our, our thoughts within sexual and sensual moments, right? Mm-hmm. So being mindful of what are the thoughts that we're actually having, right? Mm. Is it thoughts about our, our day-to-day or is it thoughts about ourself and how we are feeling about ourselves, or how we are feeling about this sexual moment, about our partner, about this experience, right? Mm-hmm. And so if it's more about you know, our responsibilities and our to-dos, then we can really be intentional in that transition to kind of set the environment and, and create the mood in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. Like th- our, our setting and, and what we have going on around us. So, um, you know, maybe it's paying attention to the lighting, right? Is it, is it too <laughs> bright in here where yeah. I feel like, oh, I'm totally exposed, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Or is it too dark where I can't even find your face? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, making sure that the lighting is comfortable, right? Maybe, and what I'm talking about or about to, you know, dive into is really this idea of embodying the senses, right? Mm -hmm. Because when we think about sensuality and allowing that to, to, um, you know, kind of step into our sexual self, then it is embracing the senses. Mm -hmm. It is like allowing ourselves to be immersed in our senses, essentially, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, our sight, what is the lighting, right? What are we seeing around us? Is our, is our room, you know, full of clutter where, you know, we're just like, it's overwhelming, you know, overwhelming yeah. where we can't be in like a, a peaceful um, space, right? Yeah. Or state of mind mm-hmm. because our outside often reflects our inside, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, in preparation for date night or sexy time, we're making sure that we're kind of cleaning up the room a little bit so that there's not too much clutter around us, right? Mm -hmm. And then our sense of smell. Maybe we're lighting a candle or incense, right? Maybe you ask your partner to put on your favorite um, cologne, right, mm-hmm. or perfume, <laughs> so that you can just, like, take them all in, yeah. right? Yeah, my and boyfriend actually does Yeah, <laughs> sometimes, yeah. and I love it. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And so then it's especially our sense of touch, right, mm-hmm. and allowing ourselves to really feel and experience that touch is just so important. But then, you know, there's... Um, certain situations or circumstances if we've been through negative or uncomfortable sexual experiences that um, some touch 
might not be safe or we might not Mm -hmm. feel that it's safe. Yeah. Right. And so being able to kind of reorient to to the present and, and who our partner is and where we are and what moment we're sharing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, sometimes it can be difficult and that's why, you know, therapy is so helpful. So we can kind of um, redirect and and rebuild those um, associations, essentially, right? Like break the past associations and create new ones so that we don't have to get lost in our past and we can really step into the present. Yeah, that Mm -hmm. is huge. I think also, too, I want to talk about like feeling safe with a partner because I feel like that can completely change your entire life (laughs) and sexual just like moments. Exactly, absolutely, yes. So safety uh, really begins with trust, Mm. right? And so can you trust your partner? And not only can you trust your partner, but can you trust that they are there for you, Mm. right? And so that they are there for you, that they, you know, genuinely care about you and that they're there to support you in any way, you know, that you may need, right? And so cultivating safety is really... um, cultivating that safe that trust within the relationship mm-hmm. and you were talking about vulnerability before right mm-hmm. I mean how can we be vulnerable with somebody that we don't feel safe with yeah right mm-hmm. and so and if it's not safe to be ourselves to be our whole self right yeah to maybe make some weird noises or <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah or you know maybe not have the perfect body yeah. right I mean is that okay Is that something that not only I accept within myself, right, but that I know my partner isn't going to judge of me either. Those Mm. judgments that we have of ourselves and the judgments that we're fearful other people have of us, right, Mm -hmm. is one of the major things that pull us out of sexual moments and and really impede us from being able to experience the pleasure that is available in those moments. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, I know for me in my past, I have felt like, like I, I couldn't go to therapy mm-hmm. because it was like I didn't feel safe enough mm-hmm. in the relationship that it was like, okay, I'm the only one with problems here. So like I don't want to be the one that mm-hmm. has problems. Mm-hmm. Whereas like now my boyfriend actually goes to therapy and that's one of the things that I love about him. Yes. So it's kind of like encouraging to me to continue to work on myself. Yes. So I think like your partner should definitely compliment you in the Absolutely. same way. Like I think your healing should come together mm-hmm. like you should both work on your healing together for mm-hmm. sure yeah well I think you know separately and together and mm-hmm. so when it comes to you know healthy relationships right I mean how do we define healthy relationships <laughs> there's so many different aspects mm-hmm. but I think one of the major parts of it is is this dance between separateness and togetherness mm-hmm. right because if we are too separate right then we're living these you know opposite parallel lives maybe Mm -hmm. right if we're too close then that also creates um you know this attachment yep yep and uh, unhealthy attachment right where it's uh we call it enmeshed where you're kind of like ah so kind of stuck together that you don't even know you know where you end and the other person begins. who you are without this person exactly exactly and it becomes kind of codependent in some ways Mm -hmm. right and so if you don't know, right, like who you are outside of this person or outside of this relationship, then 
how much do you really have to offer this relationship, mm. right? If you're both wanting to kind of grow and learn together, right? You both have to have um, a space where you can find that within yourself and mm. then meet in that in that center point. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So I know also for me, I have been unpacking so much of like my past baggage yes. from childhood, from past relationships. Mm -hmm. And I really think it's genuinely because I am in such a safe relationship. Mm -hmm. So like, I want to like dig into that. Like, is that normal? Is that healthy? Yes. Is that what a healthy relationship should, you should be doing in a healthy relationship? Yes. Well, you know, it sounds like the space that you have, right, to to cultivate that within yourself is what is what's so important. And so, you know, if we go back to this idea of, you know, how close is too close, mm -hmm. right? And if you don't have that space to really kind of explore for yourself, then um, then we won't find what we need to find, essentially, mm -hmm. right? So it sounds like in this relationship, there is an understanding of, you know, you have your stuff, you know, that, that you're doing, that you want to work on, you know, your partner has his stuff that he's doing, that he's working on, and then you are intentional about coming together and sharing those things. Mm. And so the fact that, you know, you're kind of finding yourself through this relationship because it feels healthier to you than than previous relationships, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's because it's not demanding anything mm -hmm. of you, right? Mm -hmm. There's no expectations of who you're supposed to be, mm -hmm. right? Which is a huge one. Exactly, yeah. right? So that gives you the room to find who you are, right? I think mm -hmm. when we get into um, relationships, especially, um, I mean, new relationships and long-term committed relationships, we have an expectation of what the relationship is supposed to look like, you know, who our partner is supposed to be, what role they're supposed to play, um, how they're supposed to be showing up for us. And when we have those expectations without actually having discussions around it, mm -hmm. right, then we're essentially setting ourselves up for failure. Mm. And so one of my favorite uh, couples counselors her name is Esther Perel she love is her. just ugh, she's I just fantastic her. and so she talks about how um you know being able to <clears throat> I lost it Emily <laughs> I hate when that happens that <laughs> happens to me all the time <laughs> but I did yeah. have a point that I wanted yes. to say about Esther Perel that I love that she talks about our partners we expect our partners to be everything in one yes Exactly. How she, we expect our partners to be our therapist. We expect our partners to be our yes. our best friend. Yes. Our crazy sex partner. We expect them to be our adventure, but you know, like everything in one. Yes. And how I think our partner should be our partner. Yes. We shouldn't have exactly. and hold all these expectations to them. Right, right. Oh, here we go. <laughs> she says <laughs> expectations are the breeding ground of resentments. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Because we're holding our partners to this standard and sometimes it's an unrealistic standard for who our partner is versus our ideal vision of them. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when they fall short, then we're upset, we're pissed off, we're frustrated. Mm -hmm. And so as you were saying, you know, this idea of kind of putting all of your eggs in one basket, what happens if we trip a little and that basket falls? Mm -hmm. So what a 
so about expectations. Should we have any expectations? Mm. Because I feel like we mm-hmm. should have mm-hmm. some type of expectations. Like there has to be, yes. I don't know, like some type of, because I feel like this is something I've struggled with in the past where it's like, okay, I have no expectations of you mm-hmm. and it's full freedom. Mm-hmm. So, But then it feels too free mm-hmm. and you don't feel like you even have a connection with right. this person because everything is free. Everything is yeah. no expectations. Right. So like right. how do you have like an even like a middle ground of that. I feel like right. you exactly. kind of have to have some type of expectation. Yes. Well, and you're saying there's no connection, but there's also no direction. Yes. Right? And so where are we going? What is it that we are wanting here? It's almost like what's the point right. of us being together if it's if just so just open and free? Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, I think expectations does have that, uh, can have that kind of negative connotation, right? Um, But if we think of it as, you know, being intentional versus um, having strict or rigid expectations, it's, I think, what it comes down to is checking the expectations and making sure they're rooted in reality, Mm. right? And so, you know, when we're thinking about just no expectations, okay, well, then what does that mean for us, right? what kind of relationship are we wanting to cultivate here? Mm-hmm. If it's whatever you want and whatever I want, right? And we're not in alignment with that, then really what kind of relationship is going to come out of this, right? Yeah. And so, like I was saying before, to be able to have conversations with your partner around what um, your wants are, what your needs are, what you really need out of this relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Though Those needs... Um, you know, some people can look at them as expectations, right? I expect you to show up for me in that way versus I need you to show up for me in this way. This Mm -hmm. is what I need from you, right? So creating some direction around it if we don't want to call it expectations. Yeah, because then I think one person ends up sacrificing themselves Mm -hmm. in order for the other person to be happy. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, for sure, communication and like finding a middle ground to... Be connected mm-hmm. is super important. Mm-hmm. Yes. Where do you want to connect? Right. Mm-hmm. In what ways do you want to connect? Mm-hmm. How are we going to, you know, cultivate this connection? Yeah. Right. And so those are kind of the questions that um, that you need to ask yourself and your partner. Mm-hmm. Right. What's important to you and what's important to me and see if that's in alignment. Mm-hmm. So I really want to talk. Somebody asked a question on Instagram about yeah. religious shame. Yeah. Which is a really good one. <laughs> yes. Because I know most of us grow up mm-hmm. with the thought that mm-hmm. if we have sex before marriage, we're terrible people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I know for me, my parents were actually very strict growing up mm-hmm. and I couldn't move out of my house until I was actually married. And mm-hmm. like, I'm sure they wanted me to do the whole like wait until marriage thing. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. Yes. So like. And I think that's why, you know, when we started this conversation, you're like, it's such a weird, <laughs> such a weird topic. And it's, and it feels weird because of all this shame and stigma that's around it, right? And a lot of times it does stem from religion and very um, strict and rigid views of, of sexuality, right? Mm-hmm. And this idea that, you know, because um, I think even in some religions, it doesn't even promote the idea of being sexual beings, right? Mm-hmm. Sex is just for procreation in some in yes. some ways, right? Yes. And it's not for recreation. It's not for fun and exploration and to play and to, you know, just have new and different experiences, right? Mm-hmm. 
And so, um, and I think too, when we have those very um, rigid ideas around sex, it doesn't allow us to really um, embrace kind of sexual freedom, right? Because we're grown, we, when we grow up, we're kind of faced with all of these rules and regulations and no, you're not supposed to do that. And no, you can't touch there. And no, you know, you can't Mm. look at that and no, you can't, you know, go out past this time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And so all of those restrictions actually mirrors what happens in our bodies. Right. Mm. And so it's like, okay, all of these messages that we're hearing that it's not okay to be sexual, that we have to hide our sexuality, that we can't, you know, express ourselves in this way, then we start to kind of um, like shrink and shut down Mm -hmm. in a sense. Right. And then so many women wonder, well, I don't have desire. (laughs) Right. Mm. Why don't I want sex? Mm. Well, a lot of times, I mean, desire is so multifaceted and there's so Mm -hmm. many things, (laughs) so many different factors that play a role, right? But if we are thinking that it's not okay to even um, show up in this way, Mm -hmm. then, and it's not safe because I was told it's bad or, um, you know, ugly or nasty or dirty, right? And even my feminine parts are are dirty and you shouldn't touch them, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Then why would you let anybody else touch them, right? Yeah. Because so many of the women that I work with, it's like, I have you looked at your vulva? Yeah. What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Have you taken a mirror and looked at your vulva? Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, it's it's just ugh, I don't like what I see. Right. It's just it's just weird. It's like these, you know different flaps and (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) it's just it's you know so many women think it's ugly Mm -hmm. and it's because we were taught to believe it's ugly Mm. right Mm -hmm. and so when we're able to kind of check ourselves and take a moment to really kind of step back and um, bring some awareness to where some of these ideas came from Mm -hmm. then we're able to sort through the voices Right. I think even when we think those thoughts, mm-hmm. like it mirrors onto like the way we feel about ourselves yes. completely as like exactly. a complete being. Yes. Like if you don't think a certain part of you is beautiful, then how can you think the rest of you is beautiful? Exactly. And how can you bring that into a relationship? Yes. yes. I exactly. think that's why we bring this baggage very often into yeah. relationships. And then we're left with like relationships that are just like super unhealthy because mm-hmm. we don't love ourselves mm-hmm. fully and wholly. Absolutely. As we should. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about is it um sensuality? Mm-hmm. Wait, no, arousal and desire. Oh, okay, yeah. I want to go into that conversation. Yes. Desire. Because that was arousal. something that I learned from you. Yes. In yes. the past. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of people link the two together, desire and arousal. They think they're, you know, one and the same when we talk about it in our everyday kind of conversations, if it's coming up in our conversations, right? <laughs> and so, but the reality is they're actually two distinct processes within our bodies, even though there's con- there's a connection between them, right? Mm-hmm. And so desire is really our mental, emotional wanting of sex. It's the wanting, right? Mm-hmm. Arousal is our physical, physiological response to a sexual stimuli. Yeah. Mm. So we can have one without the other and we can have one before the other. Mm. So one without the other really um, indicates a disconnect, right, between Mm. that mind and body. And it might be um, because of uh, past um, past experiences, especially negative past experiences like um, trauma. Right. Mm. And unwanted um, sex, essentially. Mm -hmm. Right. Non-consensual sex. Yeah. And so 
what we have to understand is that arousal, our body becomes aroused at any, you know, with any given stimuli, right? I mean, when we think about arousal, it's not just sexual arousal. When we go out and we, you know, we, we're standing in the sun, right? We, our body is heating up, mm -hmm. right? And so when it comes to sexual arousal, if we hear or see anything that kind of resembles sex in a way, right? Mm -hmm. um, then we kind of perk up and mm -hmm. we might experience like some arousal within our genitals right and mm -hmm. so let's say you're at the gym and you hear um like groaning or like panting or like heavy breathing mm -hmm. right it's like our brains have to calibrate and say okay hold on <laughs> where am i right yeah. now <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. is this sound you know what what it could be like what i what i think it is or what is it actually right yeah yeah <laughs> right and so arousal will just happen it's our minds that deciphers what um, what situation or what circumstances is, and is it safe mm. to to be sexual or enter into this sexual moment, mm -hmm. right? And so, desire. When we think about the wanting, right? What is it that um, that we are desiring from mm -hmm. a sexual experience, right? And desire is often. Um, we experience more desire when we have a positive anticipation about what's going to happen, right? Mm. So if it is a safe environment, if I know that my partner, um, you know, is going to love me and accept me and embrace me in this way, if, you know, I know that it's going to be a fun, exciting, you know, experience, <laughs> right? Yeah. Then it's like I can build my anticipation around it and then I want it more, yeah. right? And so this... Uh, difference between desire and arousal, um, you know, when I said that we can have one without the other, it's because of these two, the mind and the body, right? Mm -hmm. Distinctly different processes, but then they're also connected in the way that we experience them, right? Mm. And so when we, ha when we can have one before the other, it dictates our desire style. Mm. And most people don't know that there's actually two distinctly different styles of desire yeah because in yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes because in movies and media you know and music we're really only depicted one style and that is what we call spontaneous desire mm -hmm. so spontaneous desire is when we have the mental emotional wanting of sex first and then our physical physiological arousal then kind of uh, steps in very quickly thereafter and it can kind of feel simultaneous right mm -hmm. So these are the people that have sex more so in the forefront of their mind. So these are the people that are initiating sex more often, mm -hmm. right? But that is only about half of people, mm -hmm. right? The other half have what we call responsive desire. And responsive desire is the exact opposite. It's when we need the physical, physiological arousal first, and then mm -hmm. the mental, emotional wanting of sex comes after, Right. Mm -hmm. So these are the people that don't have sex on the forefront of their mind. So they're not initiating sex, but when they're actually in a sexual experience and especially, you know, after the fact, they say to themselves, wow, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was great. I don't know why I don't want that more often. Right. Mm. But you don't know why, because you don't know that there is this other style of desire. Mm -hmm. And when we don't know that there's another way to cultivate desire, then we think we're broken, right? Mm -hmm. And so many of the women that come to me come to me in this kind of state of brokenness, in the state of questioning, what's wrong with me? Why, 
you know, why uh, don't I want sex, right? And, you know, my partner wants sex more than me. And so, you know, what do I do? And how do I navigate this? And, you know, are we compatible? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And so these different levels of desire where one may want sex more than the other, right? Mm-hmm. Then a lot of couples feel like there is a huge wall between them when really, yeah. you know, once we kind of learn certain um that were different approaches, we can kind of bridge bridge that gap. Mm, that I love that you brought that up because yeah. that was one of my next things that yeah. I wanted to talk about. Yeah, just like diff, if, like what do we do when we're so different? Yes, when yes. ones that was actually one of the questions that I got yes. on Instagram. What happens when one person is all about sex and the other mm-hmm. person doesn't have as high of a sex drive? Yes. Well, I think we have to go back to well, how are you defining sex? What is sex, mm-hmm. right? Because, again, in our society, we are equating intimacy with sex and sex with intercourse, mm-hmm. right? And when we're taking this very rigid, um, you know, approach to our sexual experience, then we are actually losing out on a lot of the pleasure that is available to us, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, and then on top of that, right, intercourse needs to lead to an orgasm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when we're pigeonholing ourselves in this way, it creates this like immense pressure, right? Imagine being backed into a corner, <laughs> you yeah. know, what, what do you do then, right? Mm-hmm. We, we start to, I mean, we can either fight back or <laughs> we can, we start to kind of like cower and shrink, right? Mm-hmm. And like I was saying that when we kind of um, come into this place of, of, you know, I feel unsafe, right? Or I don't know what to do. And, you know, I feel so badly about myself because of all these ideas that I have about myself, right? Mm -hmm. Then it doesn't open us up to new and different experiences. And so, so much of my work when it comes to sex therapy and and working with um, women and couples around sex is to help expand the perspective of sex, right? Mm-hmm. And what sex is. And for me, especially when we're talking about like the differences in desire and, you know, different uh, levels of desire, I think about the sexual energy, right? How mm. are we fostering the sexual energy within the relationship, mm. right? And so not just intercourse, but in other, what other ways can we feel um, connected, right? Mm-hmm. And what other ways can we like foster these points of connection to where it feels, um, you know, not just sensual, but maybe erotic and playful, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, there's a worksheet that I um, give my clients that really kind of goes over these, um, this idea of these different gears of touch, right? Mm -hmm. Because so many of the clients that come to me um, go straight from affectionate touch, which is like just kissing and holding hands, right? And then they go, jump right into intercourse Mm. (laughs) right Mm -hmm. and when we do that first of all our bodies might not be ready and our minds not be might not be ready yeah right and so we are missing out on this incredible world of of opportunities Mm -hmm. of like sensuality and sexuality and eroticism that that helps to heighten that excitement and that sense of pleasure and the arousal and the desire right Mm -hmm. it's all about the anticipation and the build-up right and you know we can kind of think of it like a story right what plot are we creating in our head right Mm -hmm. and I also got this from Esther Perel because like I said she's (laughs) my guru right and she talks about this plot right and what is it that I want to cultivate Mm. in these moments right Mm -hmm. and so for couples and 
you know, this might be tough for uh, new moms. I work with a lot of new moms as well, right? Because um, they, you know, it's so easy and inherently, you know, lose ourselves in that space mm. because we are so um, catered to another human being, right? Yeah. That so many new moms, especially, get touched out, right? Mm-hmm. And so when when I talk about touch <laughs> with new moms, they're like, "I don't want to be touched. Don't touch yeah. me." Right? I well, know. I know a common thing too with uh, new moms is like mm-hmm. feeling uncomfortable about you, yes. the way you look. Like Absolutely. my body's not the same anymore. No, it's so not. you're embarrassed to be in yes. front of your partner. Yes. You're embarrassed to be, yeah, you know, naked in front of your partner yeah. even. Yeah, and so it's learning to love the new body. Mm-hmm. Right. Because and it's acknowledging your body has been through a massive, massive transformation. Right. And so we have to honor that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, what you found pleasurable um, before pregnancy it might be completely different than what you find pleasurable after. So if we are able to kind of um, shift our approach into our sexual experiences and approach it with, you know, curiosity mm. and, you know, exploration and play, then it's like, oh, let me, let me figure out where my new hotspots are mm-hmm. rather than, oh, you know, I hate my body and, and it's yeah. not the way it used to be. Well, it actually opens up room for, for adventure in a yeah. sense. Right? I think that's also the beauty about human beings is yes. that we're constantly changing and evolving yes. Yes. And I think that's why it's so important to always be in the moment, mm-hmm. honor ourselves yes. for who we are today. Absolutely. You know, because mm-hmm. who we are today isn't who we were yesterday. Yep. And we're going to learn new things about ourselves. We're going to change. We're going to evolve. We're going to be the healthier that we are and the yes. more that we love ourselves. Yes. The more we can bring that into all of our relationships. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the more secure we feel within ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And the more confident we feel within ourselves. You know, that that confidence is like it's so magnetic, yeah. right? And people are so drawn into that. And so when we think about attraction, right? And oh, I don't know if I'm attracted to my partner anymore, right? Mm. Well, what are we doing to foster that attraction? Right. And so, you know, how close is too close? Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to create a little space and distance. But what does that mean exactly? Right. Mm. And so, you know, maybe it is I'm going to go for a girl's night. You go for a guy's night. Right. And then when we come back, then let's miss each other a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and especially um, you know, I'm going back to Esther Perel. Right. In her book, Mating in Captivity, she talks about how, you know, so many couples and and partners find that they are more attracted to and drawn to their partners when they see their partner in their element Mm -hmm. right and so you know when i mean that's definitely true for me when i see my boyfriend at the gym because he's a trainer and i go to the gym um that he trains at it's like so like attractive to me especially when i see so sometimes he trains like the young they have like um like a younger kids like mm-hmm. performance thing, and then whenever he's like with the kids, yes. oh my god, yeah, it's over, it's <laughs> over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like Daddy RJ. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh my god, are you ready to go home now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah, come here. <laughs> exactly, but, exactly. So I can right? totally relate to that. Yeah. Whenever I see my partner in his element, you right. know, helping other people, doing that, yes. like training other people, it's so attractive to yes. me. Yes, yeah, because you know you're you're removing them from your day-to-day environment, right? Mm -hmm. Because we can't, we do get comfortable in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways, right? And when we're kind of caught up in a routine, we don't always see the novelty, 
right? Mm -hmm. And it's that novelty that that really fosters our sexual energy. So Mm -hmm. our sexual self loves, you know, um, you know, curiosity and mystery and adventure, right? And sometimes pushing boundaries, like that's exciting, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's why for so many relationships in the very beginning of the relationship, they report that, you know, that's the best, that was, you know, the best sex that they had was in the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. And that makes sense because you're still getting to know each other, right? Mm -hmm. It is fun and exciting and like an adventure within itself, right? Mm -hmm. But then once we add on the years, right, we start to assume that we know who this person is. Mm -hmm. And when we make those assumptions, right, then that's actually the first first place of disconnection. Mm -hmm. Because as you're saying, right, who we are today can be very different than who we are tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And with every... Even ex- day to day, we're different. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You exactly. could be super moody the day before, and then the next yeah. day, it's like you wake up and you're a completely different person. Exactly, exactly. So if we're not paying attention to those differences, if we're not curious about those differences, then we are going to feel a disconnect with our partner, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we're curious about... Um, our partner and their experiences and what's going on for them in their internal world, right? We're, we're kind of like seeking and, and, and searching. And so that creates, um, that also kind of fosters that kind of like connection and, and closeness. Mm. Yeah. 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 Which, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, when we talk about the sexual energy, right. And this sense of like, um, you know, in what ways do we want to be connected? And like I was saying before, that we can find these points of connection at any point in time, right? And so what if it is, you know, like, um, you know, uh, you're doing dishes and I come over and give you a kiss on the neck or give you a little tap on the bum, right? Or you're Mm. getting out the shower (laughs) and, you know, your partner gives you a helicopter dance, right? that, (laughs) That fosters that that sexual energy. Yeah. And so when we feed into that and we allow that to grow, then it's less of a focus on the intercourse, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're kind of feeding and and building the anticipation so that when intercourse does happen, right? Then it's even that much more pleasurable and exciting because yeah. we're anticipating it, right? Yeah. If, you know, you're having sex every day and it's the same sex, right? Mm-hmm. And when I say sex, I mean, you know, intercourse right Mm -hmm. and you know exactly what's going to happen I know exactly how it's going to start I know exactly you know what we're going to do here and then I know exactly how it's going to end then that's how we very quickly lose our desire for sex right yeah because you know it's not exciting at all that's boring (laughs) exactly it's like a routine yeah that sounds right this is our routine Uh and our sexual self does not like (laughs) routine routine and and pressure and those expectations yeah 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 for sure (laughs) (laughs) no my mind is just like spinning how much like yeah Yeah. I'm always learning so much from you (laughs) (laughs) and then yeah no I just think it's so hard like I hate to do this but like you know I we've I've obviously gone through this in therapy with you about Mm -hmm. how I've compared like my past Mm -hmm. relationships to like my present one and just Mm -hmm. how like I don't know, like just in general, how my life outside of sex is so mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. that it just creates the space for my sex life to be mm-hmm. as healthy as it is. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like m- I am in such like feminine, my feminine yes. power yes. that it's like in my sex life, it's like I'm able to explore different parts of myself yeah. and just like the person that I feel like I'm meant to be. Yes. 
which is so exciting and interesting and like absolutely for me I'm like okay how do I keep this forever (laughs) yes yes exactly through being intentional yeah (laughs) right and and making sure that um you are a priority Mm -hmm. right and so you know as you're talking about you know this this kind of freedom to to be right Mm -hmm. I think you know First of all, it's it's tough when we do the comparison game, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because then, you know, it kind of, it can put us in a, in a weird place sometimes. Yeah. But when we think about, you know, our feminine power, right? And how our sexuality allows room for that, right? Because our sexuality is really ownership of who we are. Mm. Because so much of our society tells us that it's not okay mm-hmm. to show up in this way, yeah. right? And so... That's why I've, you know, created the courses that I've created because I think it's so important for women to be able to tap into themselves in this way, mm-hmm. right? And so to be able to say, you know, um, this is who I am. This is all of who I am. I may not be perfect, right? But I am me. Hi. Archie <laughs> <laughs> just walked in here. <laughs> So next I want to talk about, which is another question that I had on Instagram, and it was about how to come out of toxic relationship when you're so just when you're just so used to that person mm. being there. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. how do we maneuver through that? How do we? Yes. So when you're saying, you know, you're so used to that person being there, the the person that you were having a toxic relationship with, that's the question? I'm assuming so, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. I would think so. Yeah, yeah. And so... And here's the thing, right? And that comfort, right, of that this is my person and, and you know, they're always going to be there, but is it healthy, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we think about um, our relationships and our past experiences, it often dictates the way that we feel about ourselves and relationships in general, right? Mm-hmm. And so to kind of shift um, our... And it really... The first thing I was going to say was, you know, shift our expectations, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But it's really not expectation, it's the association, right? Mm-hmm. Because this person was not healthy for you, right? Or the both of you together didn't create a healthy space, yeah, right? And so, you know, when we think about coming out of toxic relationships, what is it that you're missing, right? Mm -hmm. Are you missing the person or are you just missing the connection, Mm -hmm. right? And I think making that distinction is so important because I think our brains kind of trick us into thinking, oh, you know, I miss them, right? When it's really not them that you're missing, you're missing the comfort and the camaraderie and, Mm. you know, that that sense of I have somebody and I can share my life with somebody, yeah. right? I think also what I've noticed is like a lot of times we lose ourselves, who we are yes, as a being. Exactly. And we get so lo- like lost in these relationships yeah. that it's all about the relationship yes. and you are only who you are because of the relationship. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And so it's redefining who you are, mm-hmm. right? Outside of that space, mm. you know? And so when we are able to then say, okay, these are the ways that I lost myself, right? Mm -hmm. But this is who I know myself to be, or this is who I was in the past, right? But I no longer feel like I'm that person, and I feel like 
you know, these are the aspects of myself that I want to find, mm-hmm. right? And allowing yourself to, to really dive into that mm-hmm. of, you know, exploring these different parts of yourself, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, we're talking about sex now, but really, what are your passions? Yeah. What is it that you're even interested in? What do you like to do? Who do you like to be around, mm-hmm. right? And who helps you feel good about yourself? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so all of those things, you know, helps you to kind of redefine who you are and what you want so that you're not dependent on, I want to say that person, but it's really the idea of that person. Yeah. I think usually too, when we're, whenever we leave like unhealthy relationships, mm-hmm. we're so fixated on like the actual breakup mm-hmm. and like the death of the relationship mm-hmm. instead of looking at the birth of the new version yes. that we could become. Beautiful. Yes. And that's why... Obviously, you know, looking back, (laughs) you can see that. But when you're going through a breakup or when you're going through like the ending of a relationship, it feels terrible. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's a loss. Right. And so, you know, any there's going to be grief around any loss. Mm -hmm. Right. And so allowing ourselves to go through that grieving process is so important. At the end of that, though, we find acceptance and we find meaning Mm. or a new meaning. Right. And so, you know giving ourselves that opportunity to kind of fully go through um, the stages of grief, you know, is Mm. really, really important so that you can get to that new found meaning and acceptance. And sometimes you go through those stages while you're actually in the relationship. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Yes. That happens all the time where the relationship was really over like a year or a decade (laughs) before, (laughs) before it, um, you know, officially ended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if I should get into that. <laughs> no, we can skip over that. We can <laughs> okay. Um, another one that we had was, this is a very interesting one. Mm-hmm. Open relationships, mm-hmm. polyamory, yes. and having multiple sex partners. Yes. And then I also have learned about ENM. Oh, what is it? Let me see. It's in here somewhere. Yeah, ENM, where it's like a style of relationship where non-monogamy... Mm. Non, I hate seeing that word. I feel like that's the word from um that what's that movie? That fish movie? Oh, Mono- sea anemone. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I say monogamy, it makes me think of <laughs> what movie is that's that? So funny. Um, Nemo. Nemo. Yes, yes. funny. <laughs> Every time I see that word, I think of that. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially when you say non-monogamy, right? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. So it's the state of being romantically or sexually involved with, or partnered with multiple people. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And so, um, you know, when we think about non-monogamy, polyamory, um, open relationships, what's so important is that um, you're having conversations with your partner <laughs> around the expectations, right? Yeah. Because, you know, if one person says, oh, you know, I want to try this, right? But what is it that you're looking to get out of that experience, mm. right? And so if partners aren't on the same page, um, with what the purpose of this uh, exploration is, Mm -hmm. right? Then it actually leaves room for a lot of insecurities, right? Mm -hmm. And then the relationship can become very quickly unstable or unsafe if we are not having very clear and intentional conversations around um, the rules and the boundaries of what these other relationships are going to look like, Mm -hmm. right? So when I talk about, you know, boundaries, I... um, Actually, there was a point where 
it was like half of my caseload were were part of the lifestyle and it mm. was so interesting how like they wow. all just kind of found me <laughs> one time wow. but what's incredible is that you know every couple because every person is different and every relationship is different every couple had different rules and boundaries around what what um um these other sexual relationships were going to look like right mm-hmm. and how what does an open relationship look like? What um, what do you want it to entail? Right? Is it does it mean that you you can freely text another person and uh, freely have sex with another person without your partner knowing? You know, do I need to know see this person and approve of this person? Do I need to actually be in the room when these other sexual activities are happening? Right? And so. When, when we think about the differences, and because for some couples it's okay to, you know, kind of have some freedom, but then again it goes back to well, how free is too free, right? Mm-hmm. And then we're crossing these boundaries, and then the other partner is, is, you know, upset and hurt. But if we didn't make these boundaries clear, then yeah. you know, what do we expect? Do you think at all that because for me, when I think about that, I'm like, I can, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Because also like I love yeah. my partner so much. Yeah. I'm like, you're mine. Yeah. And I'm yours. And <laughs> I don't want to share that <laughs> at all. <laughs> like I'm not yeah. open for that at all. Yeah. But some people I know it works for some yes. people. Yeah. But then I do hear a lot of stories where it ends up one is insecure and one yes. is super unhappy. Do exactly. you think that people want to explore this because they're so unhappy mm. with their current situation or relationship? Well, if that I'm so interested yeah. in like Yeah, well if if that is the space of the mindset that um, that opened up the uh, even the idea or the option to have an open relationship or um, you know to bring in maybe another partner, right? Then that's not the best um, intention, right? That's mm-hmm. not the best approach because it's not coming from a place of safety right? If we're not satisfied, then we need to figure out and have very open conversations and, and communicate with each other around what is satisfying, mm-hmm. right? I think that's probably actually even one of the hardest thing, yes. things about relationships, yes. open communication yes. about like your needs, your wants, exactly. your feelings, yes. which is one of feelings. the hardest things for me, <laughs> <laughs> which is why I talk about feelings so much. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. And so, you know, I think at least what what I've seen is that open relationships and uh, polyamorous relationships are uh, most successful when they come from a place of, you know, you are, um, I I feel safe with you, Mm -hmm. right? And this is the type of relationship that we have, and we are safe and secure within this relationship, and we have a solid foundation within this relationship, that it is now safe to kind of open the doors a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. But then we can't lose sight of each other, right? Mm -hmm. We have to find a way to continue to kind of foster our relationship, even if there's other relationships going on, Mm -hmm. right? And so when we lose ourselves in these other relationships and you lose sight of of the primary relationship and the relationship that, that you had, you know, kind of going into it. So... If it's coming from a place of, oh, I'm not satisfied, right, then you're probably not going to have the best experiences because you're not having conversations about what's satisfying in the first place. Mm. 
Yeah. And so it's really, you know, if you're kind of viewing it as a way to kind of um, expand and and have new and different experiences and to play and explore and, you know, you know, there's pushing of boundaries and that adventure, right? If it's coming from that spirit, then that's when couples are really, um, it's, it can be a really beautiful thing for their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll work for some. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not others. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So one last thing that I want to yes. touch, like tap into is like the whole marriage talk. Okay. Because I think that's very interesting. Yeah. Because I know we talked, yeah, just about, because I know for you, I don't know if you're okay with sharing this. Sure. Yeah. But about how you got engaged. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah. That yeah. happened. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, mm-hmm. because I think I have such a different view, too, even mm-hmm. on, like, on marriage and yeah. just relationships overall and, like, yes. what they mean. Yes. I don't think exactly marriage should change your relationship. Exactly. Yes. Also, <laughs> I started watching this show on mm-hmm. um, Netflix, mm-hmm. Ultimatum. Oh, yeah, I've heard of it. I, I've heard of it. I haven't. I haven't dived in yet. Now, <laughs> so it's so interesting to me how couples like need mm-hmm. to be actually married mm-hmm. in order to feel like validated. Yeah, and safe. It comes back yeah. to safety, mm-hmm. right? Because I think um, if the only if the idea is that the only way I feel safe is through this one way, right? Through having, um, you know whether it's the piece of paper or the ceremony or, you know, the announcement or the ring, because, you know, now everybody knows that, that we are, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, exclusive. I think it comes back to, well, what helps you to feel safe with each other, right? And so if we look for safety in outside things, right, then Mm -hmm. it doesn't foster that safety within, Mm -hmm. right? And so it comes back to what helps you to feel safe in the relationship, right? And is it, you know, the amount of attention that you're getting from your partner? If you're not getting enough attention, does that make you feel unsafe, right? Is it the amount of time that you're spending together, right? And so we have to think about what helps the relationship feel safe. And if we, if it's only contingent upon this one thing, then it it kind of, um, it gives us a, uh, I'm trying to choose my words wisely. (laughs) Um, you know, it can be false or unrealistic expectations, right? And, you know, like you said, the meaning, it's the meaning of marriage and the idea of marriage that we really have to take a look at, right? Mm -hmm. What does this mean to me and what does that mean for us, Mm -hmm. right? And then we have to think about, okay, is it, again, rooted in reality or is it this this ideal vision, right? Mm -hmm. Or is it this you know, picture that we've been painted, again, through our society of what... I was going to say that, like, even religion, like, they don't take you serious as a couple until you're actually married, and you're not allowed to, like, show off your partner until you're married. Right, yes. Which is so... Yeah. Exactly. There's so many rules that just make no sense. There's so many, and that's why we have to redefine, (laughs) you know, and create our own rules, because that's the only way. Unlearn everything we've learned. Exactly, exactly. And that is not only, you know, to find our own freedom, but also to experience optimal sex, Mm -hmm. right? We literally Mm -hmm. have to throw away everything that we thought we knew and redefine for ourselves what it is that we actually want, right? And so when it comes to marriage, you know, I know (laughs) you you were asking me because, um, you know, 
my ideas and my views of marriage um, may be very different than other people's view of marriage, and especially by, virtu- by, by virtue of, you know, um, my career, right, mm-hmm. and, and what I um, do for, for a living, the different stories that I hear, the different, um, you know, my training, right, and understanding uh, relationships and what creates healthy relationships and, and what helps to foster healthy relationships and what's a priority, you know, mm. I think it also comes down to pri- what's a priority for you, mm. right? Um, because for me, um, you know, I was with my partner for 15 years mm-hmm. <laughs> and we just got engaged, yeah. right? <laughs> and so I actually had a client one time that that challenged me or tried to challenge me where he's like, you know, are you telling me that my marriage counselor doesn't believe in marriage? <laughs> and I was like, um, absolutely not. You know, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But he was like a high power, um, you know, executive. And it, <laughs> throughout the session, um, when I was kind of like reflecting on what he was saying, he would say, I didn't say that, you said that, <laughs> right? And so when he posed that question to me, are you telling me that my marriage counselor doesn't believe in marriage? I'm like, I didn't say that, you said that. <laughs> right? it was so... It, it was so funny, but it really comes down to, you know, the meaning of marriage. My meaning for marriage isn't is different than what other people's meanings are, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, there were other um, aspects of my life that was more important to focus on, right? Mm-hmm. Especially like my career and uh, where we were, um, you know even the experiences that we had in our personal life and in our relationship, right? And I felt so safe and secure within my relationship that, honestly, I didn't feel like I needed it, right? And so even now, it's just kind of like, oh, you know, (laughs) yeah, okay, that happened, right? Uh And it's a thing, but it's it's not the whole thing, right? Uh And it doesn't have to be, you know, the end-all, be-all, right? For some people depending on that meaning and depending on, on, you know, those messages that, that we receive around it, then it can be that, that one thing. Right. But then how, then what does that mean for your relationship? If that's the only thing? Mm. Yeah. 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 Okay. One last question (laughs) that I just thought of. Yes. What do you think makes a healthy, compatible relationship? Healthy, compatible. So like, how do you know you're meant to like, meant to be with somebody how do you know it's healthy yes yes sharing the same values Mm -hmm. right you can have different personalities right and uh you know even different perspectives on things right and different approaches towards things and often you know uh different personalities actually helps to kind of balance things out a little bit (laughs) right Mm -hmm. but (laughs) it comes back to those core values right Mm -hmm what is important to me and what is important to you and do those things align, Mm. right? And in that alignment, how can we kind of foster those things to make sure that that is the focus of of our relationship, of of where we're meeting together, Mm. right? Because like I was saying before, that dance between separateness and togetherness, right? It's okay for me to be my own person. It's okay for you to be your own person, right? If you feel insecure and unsafe within your relationship, then, you know, it's not okay for you to to have your own life outside of me, right? Yeah. And so that's where we have to really uh, be mindful of, you know, do I feel 
safe and secure within myself? Is it okay for me to be myself, right? And to be my own person? Or is who I am um, contingent upon this relationship and this person, right? And so having that space to be ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? And then we kind of meet um, in the middle, you know, and we have these beautiful things that we share together, especially when they're in alignment with our values and what we find important, right? then that I think is where where the magic happens. Yeah. Something I keep hearing and I think that is so important is just bringing everything back to yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, like when you have this healthy, beautiful relationship Mm -hmm. with yourself, Mm -hmm. you will have it with others. You will have this beautiful, healthy sex relationship. Yeah, it's a mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Taking care of ourselves, honoring ourselves first is everything, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening to this episode. Yes. Rachel, thank you again for being on. Thank you. It is absolutely my pleasure. Let the people know how they can find you and a little bit more info about you. Yes. So you can find me. My website is infiniteintimacytherapy.com. And um, you know, you can kind of see my services there. I also offer um amazing couples experiences and experiences for women like workshops and those types of things so you can find that information there and you can also find it on my uh, social media pages at infinite intimacy therapy and you know this conversation today just kind of cultivated and brought up all the things that i am just so passionate about talking about and especially helping women through and finding their sensuality and tapping into that and allowing that to be, you know, their source of power. And Mm -hmm. so I actually created a couple of um, online courses, self-guided courses that really just kind of guides you and takes you deeper into so many of the topics that we talked about today. Exciting. And they can find that all on the website. All on the website and uh, links through my social media platforms as well. Amazing. And of course, I highly, highly, highly recommend Rachel. Yes. She has helped me so much (laughs) through my journey and just finding myself and my power. And you're amazing. Yes. Thank you again. Thank you. (laughs) Well, thank you again, everyone. Love you all.